These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. It's Friday around lunchtime, and I am here with my colleague, Andrea Leinfelder, who covers business and technology for The Chronicle. Andrea and I just got back to the office from a groundbreaking ceremony that we attended this morning. And this may seem counterintuitive, but as a real estate reporter, I usually don't cover a lot of groundbreaking ceremonies. And that's just because by the time a project is starting construction, it's already been written about and it's already been announced. And these events are usually just an opportunity for the people involved in the project to have their picture taken with a shovel. Well, Today's groundbreaking was a little bit different. It was for the ION, Rice University's planned redevelopment of the Midtown Sears building, as part of the city's push to create an innovation corridor. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places. It's all here. I'm Nancy Sarnoff. And Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about our morning. Thanks for having me. So Andrea, we have both been covering this story, you from the technology perspective, and I've been covering the real estate angle. Now, let's talk a little bit about this building and how it came about and and why it's important. So like I mentioned, this is a redevelopment of a former Sears department store. It's in Midtown. It's on Main Street on the rail line. And it's really become part of this big push, this effort by the city of Houston, Rice University, a bunch of other stakeholders are involved to create what people are calling an innovation corridor. What is this innovation corridor? Yeah, the Innovation Corridor is um, basically a four-mile stretch that runs from the Texas Medical Center up to downtown. And the idea is just to kind of brand this as a place where um, a lot of tech startups and innovation will happen. Obviously, it's not the only place in the city where innovation will happen, but, you know, clustering is really important to innovation ecosystems. Mm -hmm. So um, the city has really branded this, like, stretch as its Innovation Corridor. Okay. And Rice University happens to own a bunch of land in this area. They own at least 16 acres, including the Sears building right there on Main Street. And Sears closed and they took the pro- Rice took the property back and decided to make this kind of their centerpiece. They've gutted the building. They've hired a bunch of prominent architects and they are starting construction on what they say will become this very high-end building that will, like you said, attract big companies, established tech companies, startups. This plan has also been tied up in a little bit of controversy as well because of what the area is like today. Now, when I was driving over there this morning. There are a lot of boarded up buildings. There are a lot of homeless people in the area sleeping and in tents. And so there's been a 
a bit of pushback from groups, including one that we saw this morning, which had their own press conference just before the groundbreaking. Can you talk a little bit about what that was about? Yeah, so they call themselves the Student Coalition for a Just and Equitable Innovation Corridor. It sounds like they gave themselves a formal name a few weeks ago, but they've been in the talks of doing this for probably the better part of a year now. And basically, they they recognize that, especially the Rice students, that, you know, what happens there kind of goes back to their education, and so they're tied to it. And um, they just want to make sure that as this project develops, it doesn't create a lot of the problems we see in other tech communities, such as unaffordable housing or displacement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they want to make sure the community is involved in this project. And so... The students brought this up today at a press conference they had before the event. After we went to the press conference across the street, which just felt very grassroots and very, um, you know, student, student-led, student we basically turned the corner and there was behind this big construction fence in the parking lot of the Sears building, a huge tent, one of those tents that has air conditioning pumped in. It has those fake windows. (laughs) And it was just um, a real contrast to what was going on across the street. What what were your impressions when you walked into the tent? Well, I was glad to be in the AC. But (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it was definitely very different. You know, you had the students who were talking and, you know, they were standing outside of a park that actually had a fence around it. So they couldn't go in the park or we couldn't go in the park. And so then you go across the street and, you know, everyone's in business suits and it's air conditioned and there are security guards and they're checking people in. So it was definitely a much more formal affair, which the students did attend afterward, I believe. I saw them leaving. Um, So it was definitely different. But the message was a little similar. I felt every time I've talked to people at Rice University, Station Houston, uh, the Greater Houston Partnership, Houston Exponential, all these different players involved, they always bring up the fact that they want to make sure this looks like our community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that message came across a lot in talking points today, um, that they just want to make sure that they're inclusive and that they embrace diversity. Um, they did bring that up a lot. And so when I talked to them more specifically, they said they're in the listening stages. They're just trying to meet with people like the students and meet with different people in the community, and then they'll put more concrete things into action, which is what the students were calling for. They want to make sure this talk moves into something concrete. Mm -hmm. So we heard people like the mayor, Sylvester Turner, was there. Harris County Commissioner Rodney Ellis was there. They spoke a lot about the community and how they want this to be a place that attracts people from all over Houston, not just people that live in the urban core or people that are successful tech entrepreneurs. So Andrea, do you feel like some of their comments about inclusion were sort of a a defense tactic? I don't think it was defensive um, directly to the students because they've been telling me similar things all along. Like every time I talk to Gabby Rose, she's like, we want to make sure this looks like our community. Um, Gabby Rose, the leader of Station Houston, which is going to be... um, it's in charge of all the programming inside the ION. Mm-hmm. And she, she's constantly been telling me, we want to make sure this looks like our city. So I don't think it was defensive. Um, it's something I've been hearing. I just think, you know, we're still waiting to see the concrete ways this is going to happen. Because like she said, they're still in the listening phase. The students were, um, you know, they were seeking community benefit agreements um, with all the different communities, which I understand is 
that as they develop this project, they will have a contract that says we will also do things like job training or affordable housing or whatever the communities decide on. And they also wanted things like a racial impact study. And so these are very concrete things the students are requesting that um, hasn't quite been created as people involved in the ION said they're still just listening. So I guess at this point, we're just waiting to see what that listening session turns out into. Right. And when I talk to Alan Arnold, who was actually on this podcast a while back to talk about the project, he's from Rice Management Company. I was chatting with him and, and asking if there had been any movement on leasing of the building or any development that might be happening soon adjacent to the Sears building. And he said it's still all very much in the early stages. One thing that I was very curious about, and I'm sure a lot of other people are curious about, is what's going to happen to the Sears sign. Because as you saw it, it was there in the parking lot right next to the big tent, and it's been painted black but you can still very much see what it is. And um, it's on the, you know, it's now it's kind of sitting on the ground. So I asked an architect who wasn't, who is involved in the project, what they're going to do with it. And he said, Rice isn't sure what they're going to do with it. He did mention how it's such a great spot for selfies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, techies do like their selfies. I guess so. Maybe see that. Yeah. Like maybe if they put some, you know, green, like greenery around it, that, you know, fake green. You mean not the chain link fence in the background? Not the chain link fence. (laughs) Maybe some greenery and like the little light strings of lights. That would be, that would be very, very uh, picturesque. Well, they've talked a lot about like embracing this old building. So it would make sense to keep the sign. Right. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Yeah, for sure. So one of the other things the mayor did was refer to Houston as the Silicon Bayou. <laughs> yes. He it, does that a lot. Okay. And so is that what is that right? What is the Silicon Bayou? <laughs> so um, depending on who you talk to, some people say it's a harmless way to kind of boost our tech sector. But I've had several people talk to me and say he needs to stop calling it Silicon Bayou because... <laughs> A, we're never going to be Silicon Valley, you know, we're going right. to have our own tech center that's different, that looks, you know, more like Houston, energy, healthcare, you know, we're not going to be making consumer products like mm-hmm. Silicon Valley does. And then also New Orleans calls themselves Silicon Bayou um, as well. And so we're not even the first to be using that name. So a lot of people are, I've talked to are saying we really need to stop calling ourselves Silicon Bayou. And the mayor said it twice. <laughs> Actually, he said hashtag Silicon Bayou. Well, I did look that up on Twitter, hashtag Silicon Bayou. And I did see a lot of references to New Orleans. So, yeah, I mean, that's what some critics say. Other <laughs> people are like, whatever, if it's going to bring a re- bring awareness to this tech ecosystem we're trying to develop, that's fine. We don't care what you call it. But right. I have had critics say we should really stop calling it that. <laughs> well, OK, so the building is expected to open by the end of next year and I should be clear that there are some companies and organizations that have committed to to taking space in the building. Andrea, who are some of those companies? Yeah, so I know Station Houston will move there. They're currently in like a high rise downtown and they're just like they have a bunch of startups who work there and who come there for events and stuff. So when they move, some of the startups who are currently working out of their space will move there as well. And the Goose Society of Texas, their investment group, they've said that they plan to move there when it opens. Oh, and the the Smart Cities Accelerator Program, which is a partnership um, involving Microsoft and Intel, that plans to move there too once it opens. So there's 
been interest in people planning to move there. Mm -hmm. But as far as an established technology company, you know, a big commercial entity, there's not anyone yet. Not that I'm aware of. Um, I know that's a goal, but I've not personally heard of any big companies. Okay. All right. And is there a lot of tech activity in Houston, a lot of startup activity? Yes and no. Okay. (laughs) So the past several years has seen more activity than in a while. We've seen more organizations popping up to help startups, more like accelerators and you know, um, more accelerator programs. And mm-hmm. we've seen um, companies willing to invest. So we're we're seeing a lot more activity than we had seen in recent years, but we're still, we're still on the upward climb of trying to create a tech hub. But new data came out from PitchBook, which is um, a financial data and software company. They look at venture capital. Um, this data came out and said in the second quarter, entrepreneurs in the Houston area received $250.8 million in venture capital. And that's up 115% from the second quarter of last year. Hmm. Um, and so for the first half of this year, which is, I like to look at longer periods, I, the Houston area received $327.3 million. And, um, you know, that compares with other areas like San Antonio only had $33 million. Okay. So that's a lot smaller, obviously. But Dallas-Fort Worth had $485 million, mm-hmm. 485.7. Austin had a billion. Boston wow. had $5.7 billion. New York had 13.2 billion and Silicon Valley had 26.9 billion. So just to kind of put that, that's all for the first half of 2019, just put in perspective, like, yes, we're up, we're definitely growing, but we definitely have ways to go. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's really cool to hear those numbers um, and just kind of see where we fit in the picture. Well, thank you for doing this with me. And it was really, it was interesting to be at that event. And I don't know if you walked around, but you know, there were these booths where these technology companies were, I guess, sort of pitching, pitching their their businesses. They really tried to give sort of a, a sense. They, they tried to like create this buzz, right? That this will be a, a real tech hub. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I met one company there, Rugged Robotics, and it was kind of interesting. I guess they're building a robot that takes blueprints and um, instead of having someone on a construction site, you know, go out and use tape measures and chalk or mm-hmm. um, surveying equipment. This robot will go around and one day like map out the um, blueprints on the floor. Oh. And so it's just, it was an interesting, one of the many interesting companies there. But yeah, they were trying to display and make it a little more interactive. So it wasn't right. just your typical shovel groundbreaking. Right. Well, it, they, they sure spent quite a lot, it seemed, on the whole event, just the the branding alone. Snazzy. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it was really, really nice branding, and it was it was all over. They were handing out tote bags. Mm. Did you get one? No. Neither did I. <laughs> I have too many of those. I really don't need more. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, and, thanks for having me. All right. Well, we will definitely continue following this story. So listeners, stay tuned, and thanks for being here. You can learn more about Looped In and the Houston Chronicle's other podcasts at houstonchronicle.com slash podcast. And please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have an idea for a show or you just want to say hi, you can reach out to me. I'm on Facebook or Twitter at N Sarnoff. Until next time, thanks for listening.